time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. The one thing you've done every day is you show up and you work your ass off. I'm telling you guys, that's special. So happy for you. You finished the week on Sunday afternoon. That was a really good job. Now, we got a lot of stuff to get cleaned up. We all know it. We've got a short turnaround. We are on to Seattle now. On to Seattle Woo! now. You heard it. Short week. Coming to big, town. Big win. 25-20. 49ers take down the Ravens. A little it, revenge for the Super Bowl. Didn't feel as good as a Super Bowl victory right. would have felt. <laughs> but it was still pretty big, snapping that four-game losing streak. Also, uh, it was kind of scary. I mean, it's super reminiscent of the Giants game where the Niners are like, oh, yeah, here, let's just bend here at the end. You get, get kind of comfortable, down. right? Third, yeah, fourth quarter, you yeah. start to be like, okay, you know, all right, we, we, this is looking good. We're and they had a shot. They win. threw it into the end zone. And then it starts to get closer. And, and it bats and around. And, and, no, and, uh, no, 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 come on now. But it was yeah. a win. A win's a win The win. a win. And, man, the Ravens? They're bad. They are not a good football They're team. They're not a good football team. They, they, nothing about them looked really good. I mean, we could just – let's just talk about the elephant in the room right now, and his name's Sharice Wright. Because, <laughs> he, of course, we talked about him last week. Uh, he got cut by the 49ers, signed by the Ravens. We said, that's a great move on their part. No, it wasn't because they threw him right in there, started against him. Bolden even said it like, of course we targeted him. Of course we went after right. him. You, you practice against the guy that much, you know his weaknesses, and we went after it. And he got torched. He looked really, really bad. Absolutely. And I think it was our uh, guest last week, Larry Kruger, on the 49ers postgame show on KMBR said, Sharice uh, Wright just had his best game for the 49ers. <laughs> Which is a great Kruger, line. killing it. <laughs> and I don't think That's, we need hey, to say anything more that about that. That signing was fantastic then. Honestly, what a great signing. How much would you pay for a win? Yeah, was it $2 million? million or whatever? <laughs> sure. Yeah, thank you. If it stops a four-game losing streak and gives yes. you some confidence heading into a division yes. rival at home in front of your in front of your crowd, yeah. Hey, that, that looks like a good move. I'm glad you said confidence because Colin hey, Kaepernick... Look good. He's yeah. – I've got to give him a ton of credit because – and then I'm going to bag on him in a second after yeah, yeah, I say yeah, this. Yeah, of course. But he he came back from a really, really dark place, right, for yeah. an NFL quarterback. Two Everyone's games looked really bad. all over you. He has less talent than he than he had around him in his career. And he he came back out of that, out yeah. of that tailspin. He and found he righted it. himself. And he looked a little bit better last week and then looked a lot better again this week. And it was a nice matchup he had against that secondary, too, to help right. that along, right? Um, and coming up on this short week against the Seahawks. So confidence back is high. Mm-hmm. A lot of small things in the 49ers have looked better. They're, you know, they kind of the coaching staff has responded. Uh, schemes are starting to look a little bit better. Young Offensive line starting, starting to play. Better. The line, Andrew Tiller. Yeah. He, he had more snaps than Dev in this game. Which and, was good. Both touchdowns came with Tiller in the game. Mm-hmm. So that is also an, another uh, another great sign Both there. Both touchdowns came on Sharice Wright, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> they did. They 100% did. And, oh. well, let me, I just said I was going to bag on Cap. It's, it's He's not going to be that guy that that we kind of hoped he would maybe add some things. Reading the defense, getting to his third, fourth read, um, standing in the pocket, hanging in there. On that touchdown play, the second one, the Quentin Patton touchdown, he was trying to bail out of there. He was. And then he, he saw, oh. completely missed that. I have a guy. And, uh, it, it kind of closed up on him. He's going to bolt off on the left side, inside the left tackle, and in between the right guard there. And that hole kind of closed up on him, so then he 
jump back into the pocket again, which there was no reason for him to leave in the first place. Right. Then he looks downfield again. Oh, guess what? Now there's a guy open. Oh, look, Sharice Wright is laying yeah. on the ground. But at the same time, how how are you bailing out before your receivers run his route yet? Yeah, that's happy feet. I mean, he he definitely had it there. He's had to do it a lot. Plus, you know, you know what I noticed in this game is they ran so much play action, and that's good because they were they were bringing up a lot of guys trying to stop Hyde. Yes, and they did. They they held them under control. Twenty one carries, fifty five yards. But they bit on the play action so many times. Every one of their big plays came on play action. Yeah, and that's that's great. That's just wonderful play calling right there. Absolutely, Keep Chris. Applause. Yeah, applause game. on that. Since best game since week one, absolutely yeah. for the for the coaching staff, Chris especially. Um and but Cap also, I gotta say, had one of the best throws I've ever seen from him. Yeah, beautiful. And he, he's just not that guy where he's got his feet under him and makes a beautiful textbook throw. That no he shouldn't make that throw that he made. You shouldn't right. be able to do that. He throws it better on the run with only one foot on the ground. Right. And his and he's throwing weight, a fastball. His weight going to the left, ball goes to the right. And he threw just this beautiful Beautiful. pass. Yeah, yeah. A couple weeks in a row now that Kaepernick has looked like his fastball's backed and he's got touch on the ball. So basically you just have to uncage that animal, right? Yeah. As and you should. Yeah. You have to. He's he's the guy that we know he is. You, Just use those strengths. Was it, was it Steve Young that said, let Cap be Cap? Like, something like that? Or maybe it was Joe Montana. Maybe it was some great quarterback of the 49ers, along with many, many other people out there have said right. it. Kaepernick needs to just do what he does best. Right. Yeah, forget all that touch stuff. Forget Play everything. Play football. Just be you, because that's the best he can be is that. Can I ask you a question? Yes. If if you're CJ Mosley, how embarrassed are you that you got shoved out of the way <laughs> by Bruce Miller? It wasn't I you can't call that a stiff arm because he literally like pushed him to the ground. It reminded me of Get out of my way. In college, Vernon Davis had a play where he just yep. completely just one arm tossed a guy. Yeah. And um there's oh man, do you remember the play? I believe it was Greg Jones. He had an NFL career as a running back, fullback. Mm-hmm. I uh, played at Florida State. He had the best Stiff arm I've ever seen in my life in college at Florida State. No, I don't know that one. Look that up on YouTube sometime. Uh, It's he destroys a guy, but. It reminded me of that kind of a place. It's like, I am a man and you're a child. Get yeah, out of my way. Yeah, and you're, you're not going to stop me. I'm stronger than you. I'm a fullback. And, hey, I love Bruce well, Miller's and, football, fullback play as a, an ex-fullback. Right. Hell yeah. The run-left play, he does really well. <laughs> hey, hey, Go Bruce, left. Run to the left. Yeah, we'll um, throw it to you. Bruce Miller needs to be on the field probably every 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 snap. I'm with you. He's Stop one the, of the best 11 guys on their offense. I, I'm over the three tight end sets. Like, if you're going to bring in two tight ends, that third should be Bruce Miller be Bruce. in the backfield. Bra- and the maybe back the field. first tight end should be Bruce Miller. Exactly. Right? And he can do that thing where he lines up as an H-back and moves around the wide. Yeah, Vernon Davis did not get the start in this game. First of his career that he was eligible to play, played in, and didn't start. So, and that's just... Hey, we, everybody's seen that coming. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, a little banged up. He's banged up, but if he's healthy, he's still better than... McDonald's maybe McDonald's is, is he? not very good. Is I think, he though? I, I think mean, he is. I mean, he's Selleck? a better blocker. I mean, I mean which guy? I, I like Selick. Yeah, Selleck has shown some things, but he's a backup tight end. You know, McDonald made the one catch by a tight end in this game. I think they only targeted Vernon Davis once in this game. It was clearly about the the wide receivers. And Davis has always been a strong, very and good blocker, and he's yeah. kind of been underrated. Because you talk about tight ends, you always look at numbers and receiving numbers. He's a good blocker, so I, I would still put him in above uh, Vance McDonald all day, but. And hopefully he gets healthy and, and, and looks a little bit more like his old self. Whether it's with the 49ers, if he gets traded, there's some talk that he might be um, on his way out of town if they can if, he, if they can find a taker. But back to Bruce Miller. Yeah. Put him on the field, whether it's blocking, receiving, 
<laughs> three catches, he ran 89 out yards. Of gas on that play. Oh, of course he did. There's no reason he should not have scored a touchdown. <laughs> no. He sprints out of the gate. That's that's the fullbacks <laughs> don't have the long speed. You get in the open field. No, there's you reach your top speed and then that's it. You're that was, you're in it in about 10, 10 steps and then you got no ridiculous no stuff. fifth gear. What is wrong with you right now? <laughs> Run. What are you doing? He has He's quick and he's left. strong, but he is not fast. So Bruce Miller gets a lot of prep. You know, Pro Football Focus grades Bruce Miller wasn't rated in the top five players, and I was kind of surprised by that. I thought I'd see him really up there. I mean, he didn't play Maybe every snap. so Poor blocking that we didn't see or something. But a lot of offensive players. Joe Staley, 3.6 grade. Yeah, great. Anquan Bolden, plus 2.7. Quentin Patton, 1.2. It was nice to see somebody else step up. It was. You know, one of those young players. Yeah. He's not that young anymore. He's Year not. Three, it's, it's time for, you know. Yeah, to, you know. Hopefully, get that's off the, the, the first of many to come. We'll see. You know, I mentioned that on the on my, the Instagram page. You can follow us, of course, at Gold Faithful Podcast. That's right. Also, want to mention real quick. We haven't even talked about this big guest on the show today. Oh yes, we've got Steve Berman, Bay Area sports guy, coming on. We're going to talk to him about 49ers. Uh, really looking forward to that. Also, I forgot to mention that Gold Faithful is brought yes. to you by. DynastySportsEmpire.com. I was so excited about the victory. I, yeah. I, I, I skipped right over this. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've been able to talk <laughs> about a win. DynastySportsEmpire.com, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, DynastySportsEmpire.com has you covered. Fantasy leagues, content, rankings, projections. I'm in a Dynasty football league over there. Super deep, really fun. Those basketball leagues are starting up right now, so you want to get in there quickly if you want to get one of those before the season starts. You know, also, uh, a little bit later, we've got a new segment. We're not going to... I'll keep it a secret for right now, uh, but just stay tuned because there's a new way that you can reach out to us and maybe even get on our show. Plus, we're going to talk right. about some questions we uh, were asked and that we answered on Twitter as well as Instagram. So uh, you can follow him at BD Peacock on Twitter. I am at Bay Area Wink. We mentioned the Instagram. Stick around for the new way to follow and uh, and really just take part in the show. If you if you like what you're hearing, maybe you yeah. want to uh, ask us a question. Uh, we st- love hearing from around. you guys. We hope you yeah. love hearing from us. So, you know, let's get together on that. I so like not it. everyone's on Twitter. Right. Not everyone's on Instagram. That's right. Um, but, yeah, uh, the 49ers defense, they, uh, they gave up a lot of yards again. It was another game, oh, I think over 400. I think it was closer to 430 or something. Uh, what really shocked me was that the 49ers – Last week we're mentioning like, oh yeah, we got to really watch Bowman's snaps going forward. Uh, he played all seventy-seven snaps, never came off the field. And leading up to a short week game against yeah. the Seahawks, you have to think that he's at least going to get dialed back this week. If they didn't sort of monitor his snaps last week, but, but no, you can't do that against a division <laughs> rival. Right? Last week would have been the week to do it. Right? Maybe they'll do it next week. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just saying that to try and make us feel better that he looks. Or, like we said with Bruce Miller, he's one of their best 11 yeah, on defense. Yeah, got to It's hard there. to take him off the field. You know what? I I, uh, I liked Kenneth Acker in this game. He he got beat a few times, obviously, as, as defensive backs are going to do. He's got that short memory. Yeah, exactly. He had the big interception and with a big return. That was that was really solid. Uh, he also he gave up the touchdown to Steve Smith Sr., but I don't know if you watched the replay on that or in real time. He clearly pushed yeah, off. Yeah, that was classic. He did it pretty smooth, though. It, but like, and it's the veteran. It's, it's the veteran so, move. That's, like, yeah, that's like, yeah. hey, rookie. All right, this, watch, yeah. watch how it's done. Yeah, this, this is, is going to happen to you again. Steve Smith touchdown. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. take Steve this Smith's lesson good. with you. Steve Smith's oh, really he did, good. Uh, even hurt with a bad back. I know. He dropped a touchdown. Drop, I, he dropped two touchdowns. Yeah, there, was, there was one. It was it was tougher to catch, but it hit him in the hands. Dude, you, that drop touchdown, the, the missed field goal, yeah. this game could have been. It, it could have been really bad. It could have been. But it's a win. It's a it's win. A w. It's a that's, W. Well, that's the difference. The, 
Yeah. Last week, the Giants made the big plays. You're exactly this week, right. It was the 49ers. So you got to make plays if you want to win that's, every week in the NFL. That's how it works, my friend, for sure. Another big game from Bolden. Five receptions, 102 yards. A couple of really beautiful catches. A couple of big first down conversions there. Of course, Torrey Smith, 96 yards and a touchdown with the the big play. The big play. That was, oh man. I was, I was like, oh, there's going to be a flag or something on this, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what you it's too good to it's, be true. It's not, with this season the way it's gone, it's not the yeah. jump off the couch. Right. Yell and scream moment. It's, it's the wait a second. Uh, wait, is this really happening? And where's the flag? Okay, like, now okay, they're yeah, celebrating. Right. And now it's high fives. And we're good. All right. Now it's high fives. Now it's high fives. That secondary did not look good for Baltimore, man. They're they're in trouble. Their whole team is in trouble, actually. Yeah, actually, it wasn't yeah, just you know Sharice right. I do want to mention this. One guy who's not in trouble. Mm-hmm. He had the highest grade out of the game from pro football focus, highest on their team, Brandon Williams, a nose tackle, yeah. whose arms are bigger than his head. Guy I really liked out of college. He's a shadow 49er. That's what I wanted to bring him up. Uh, he led the team with positive 5.8 grade. Woo! Yeah, wow. positive marks in both the pass rushing with two hurries, a batted ball, and run defense plus 3.5. So his plus 20.4 run defensive grade is nearly twice that of Chiefs defensive tackle Jay Howard, who is the second highest rated run defender wow. at defensive tackle this season. That's impressive. Yeah. Those are some good numbers. Very how, do, stout, how do we get that guy? Strong how guy. do we get that guy? We could have drafted him a couple years ago, ah! and now we need to get you in that front office no somehow. Chance. Get you over there, at least whispering in somebody's ear. I'll take hopefully that. about football. I'll take that paycheck. I'm a good if ear not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do your thing. Whatever gets you in the door. Bernie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> if you draft him, he'll stop the run. <laughs> All right, that's, we're going to a creepy, weird place right now. I kind of like it. Can we stay there for a little bit? <laughs> Dude, I got to say, what is up with the special teams gaffes this weekend? Yeah, no good, man. Some Scary. of the most epically hilarious. I'm not even talking about the 49ers. I'm yeah, talking all about around. Michigan about, punter. Yeah. I'm worried about his well-being after oh, that know. Michigan State-Michigan ending. I've well, never seen and the guy like who that. returned it for a touchdown then got hurt at the bottom of the pile. I saw him at the bottom of the pile. Oh. hitting guys and knocking him, saying, get off me. That's brutal. And then the, the play with the Colts. Like, are you kidding oh, me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the second one. <laughs> what are you doing? Good effort. Good effort. This is crazy. I saw one fake punt by the Lions. That worked. So, you want to get to our you want to get to our guest? One more note before we get to Steve Berman. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jeff Dini from Pro Football Focus. He's been on the show before. On throws of twenty plus yards downfield by Kaepernick, mm-hmm. he was four of six, two hundred yards, two touchdowns, <sighs> a one forty nine point three rating. Had just four deep completions all year before Sunday. So can we play Baltimore again later this season? Yes. Like, is there a way we can somehow work that out? I don't think we can do that. Ah. But we can throw the ball downfield more. Yeah, I mean, take the shots. You take have the to. shots. We talked about it last yeah. week, and we we've been saying it since day one. Yeah, you take, take the, the shot. That's why you brought in Tory Smith. And it's not always about connecting. You got to show it so you can open up other things. And sometimes you get those pass interference calls. Yeah, and you can't with the with how the defense is playing right now. We're not going to be that defense of old where we're going to win with 17 points on offense. Either. Right. And, you know, Jerome Simpson coming off suspension. They're trying to get an exemption to keep him uh, from taking up a roster spot right. for one more week. So if, with him coming back, I mean, there's just another guy that you can spread the field with. So let, let's do it. Come on now. Daniel Kilgore also available to getting come off. Getting close. Getting and, close. And uh, DeAndre Smith. Larry Kruger's well. son says it. He's the savior. He's coming <laughs> yeah, back. That's right. I don't think any of those guys are going to play this week. Just to, you know, not enough yeah. time to get him incorporated. Kilgore maybe the week after. You can maybe start to see him give him some practice reps and get his legs underneath him. Game shape. Uh, DeAndre Smelter is probably going to redshirt. I can't. As imagine. he should. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll put him into anything. There's no no spot for him. He's not one of the top five receivers on this team right now. Especially if, if with a, a, with a sixth coming back. Yeah. Right. 
He'd be seventh, so yeah. So let's get to our guest. Let's talk to the Bay Area sports guy. All right, he's got you covered when it comes to, I mean, pretty much all Bay Area sports. His website, bayareasportsguy.com. You can follow him on Twitter. You probably already do. At BA Sports Guy, it's Steve Berman. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, so huge win for the 49ers on Sunday. They were at home. I mean, it was against a pretty bad Ravens club. Unfortunately, they don't get to play against Sharice Wright every week. So right. what's your biggest takeaway from this victory? Well, I think definitely it's, it's Colin Kaepernick because he was almost dead and buried after that Green Bay game. Right. People were talking about Blaine Gabbert seriously, <laughs> mentioning Blaine Gabbert <laughs> yeah. as a possible option. We were talking radio hosts and columnists, and people were thinking maybe, maybe – Colin Kaepernick's time is going to end relatively soon. He's completely lost confidence. So I think that we saw during the Giants game, they kept it real simple, real vanilla, kind of opened things up a little in the second half. They sort of did the same thing against the Ravens, where I think all of his first, I don't know, half dozen, maybe even ten passes were all about uh, three to five yards downfield. And then he hit Bruce Miller on that Mm -hmm. one where the Ravens were just, they brought two safeties up and, you know, Miller and Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith probably could have caught, caught it and gone for a touchdown. But once he hit him in stride on that longer pass play down the right side, something kind of clicked. Right. And he, then he saw a real nice pass to Torrey Smith. He saw probably his best pass of the year to Anquan Bolden, which is also a great catch. And so just the fact that he was able to sort of put away all of the talk. I mean, yeah, the Giants' worst pass defense in the league. The Ravens have literally have Sharice Wright as a starting quarterback. <laughs> literally, so, yeah. So we don't know if that's you know if this is totally sustainable, but at least he isn't lost. Right. You know, we made a joke about Sharice Wright last week. We're like, oh, they picked him up because they want to get all the the Forty ers defensive schemes. It's a good move <laughs> on their part. You know, this and that. Like we would do the same thing. Uh, that didn't really seem to work out for them so much. You know, you mentioned Blaine Gabbert. We we were definitely not ever going to jump on the, that bandwagon. Although we did start talking about. Uh, a little movement that Mr. Peacock coined. Which, what was that? The, the F off for Goff. Oh, that's movement. right. Yeah, yeah. The like, F off for Goff, which is, yeah. That, it's, I, there's nothing really that goes with Goff except right. for that. We, we struggled. We had some other ones that were really bad. But the, the only thing, Gabbard, there was one game where it was just like, get Cap off the field right. today. It was never like bring Gabbard in yeah. and have him stay the quarterback. But he was wrong and messed up and don't get him hurt and don't. Don't make things worse. Put Gabbard in. Remind everybody how bad he is. Then right. comes back in and saves the day next week or something. That was the only time I was ever okay with maybe Gabbard getting some snaps. Plus, Steve, you you mentioned the, the beautiful pass that he threw to Bolden. You know, I saw a couple passes similar to that against the Giants where he just lofted it up nice and just you know threw it right in there for Bolden to catch. I, I definitely I, I'm with you 100. I think Cap's moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think it, the one thing that was really most impressive about that play was that he ran to his left, yeah. and it wasn't a designed rollout where a lot of these plays, you know, he'll run to his right, and a guy's running a crossing route, and he'll hit him, you know, about five, ten yards downfield. This one was definitely one of those deals where it seemed like in weeks past, if he was flushed out that way and running to his left, he was either just going to run no matter what was going on and not look, or he was going to throw a pretty terrible pass. And so that one right there was pretty impressive. I mean, really the... I mean, the the best pass I, I, he's ever thrown was that one to Bolden in the NFC Championship game against Seattle, which I thought was just you know probably the best play he's ever had in his career. This doesn't really rival that one, but still, I mean, when you're talking about how bad he was against the, against the Cardinals and the Packers, 
it just, you know, it just, it really kind of wondered, you know, I wrote an article saying, you know, the 49ers ruined Colin Kaepernick because he just looked completely <laughs> lost, no confidence at all. And you kind of wondered if they had any plans on how to get him going. And, and, you know, Jeep Chris is a guy who doesn't, isn't really highly celebrated, but I think that he did do a pretty good job of, of simplifying the game plan against the Giants. And then uh, you had a lot of people at CEO included saying, okay, well, you know, these one single read plays, those are not really sustainable in the NFL. Teams are going to figure that out. And it seemed like it was, a, it was, it started out that way against the Ravens. And then when they realized how bad the Ravens secondary it was, they started taking a few more chances. Right, yeah, when you saw some of those chances working, then everyone right. kind of gets a little bit of confidence. And i I got to commend Cap on that, that he was able to come back from how bad he looked. And I, I just thought he was done. I thought it was over. Cap is dead, and yeah. you're going to have to bury this guy after that. Because not only the bad Cardinals game, but then you saw it was in his head the next week. And he even said it. He right. even brought, he came out straight and said, you know what? Yeah, I was thinking about it. It came it came into my mind. And, yeah, you can't have a gun-shy gunslinger. Like Callan Kaepernick. Oh, no, no, no. And it, it, it's a good sign. So the 49ers are more competitive now. I know after the New York Giants loss, I, I said something on Twitter like, you know, you know, tough loss, but it was good to see the 49ers competitive again. And one of our, my followers replied like, is that what it's come to? And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, gosh, that's – when you put it that way, how far, you know, yeah. they've come from being Super Bowl or bust to, well, at least we were competitive this right. week. You know, and – I know you're in tune with the Bay Area media, Steve, and Radio Wars is a fun section of your site. Bay Area sports guy has ticked off a few people locally, I know, in uh, <laughs> some deservedly so in that section, <laughs> which I actually kind of like. Uh, but how lucky is Jed York that he doesn't have to face a New York or some other less forgiving media market? Uh, I can only imagine how Jed and Trent, a.k.a. Yorkie, that is Yorkie, Knicks, yeah. uh, would be buried in if, if this was a Northeastern franchise. Oh, yeah. If it was New York or Boston or, God forbid, Philly, you know, it would be <laughs> really, really rough. Just because, I mean, those teams have had, those those towns, well, not really Boston, but Philly and, and New York have seen some pretty bad football teams over the last few years. And some good ones, too, but some bad ones. But what York was pretty cavalier about how he got rid of Jim Harbaugh. And then he and, and Balky were just, you know, obviously kind of arrogant during their press conference and they let him go. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we, uh, what did Balky say? He said, uh, well, when are we ever transparent in anything we do? And Jed York just kept trotting out the same three talking points, including <laughs> win with class. And yeah, he, I think they, they, they think that it's real tough. I mean, they think that the, the San Francisco Chronicle and Tim Kawakami grill them and me, but if it was if they were in some other major media market, it would be much much worse. This is very true. Speaking of win with class, of course, Jerome Simpson eligible to come back. Uh, they're they're going to try <laughs> to get that exemption. But, but back to this game, defense gave up huge amount of yards yet again. Seemed to luck out a few times. Also, Steve Smith dropped a couple of balls in the end zone. Tough catches, but definitely could have been made. This could have been a very different ball game. So, I mean, is it a personnel problem or is it more scheme? What do, what do you think? A little, bit, I, a little bit of both, maybe? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think, really, if you look at all their lo- major, major losses, I mean, they're on the defensive side. We don't need to go over all those again. Right. But when was the last time they had a sack? I don't even remember. Oh, man. It's brutal. You know, and you, you got two quarterbacks they just faced who aren't exactly mobile, and Eli and Joe Flacco. But if you just lean back there to pick them apart, that's what they're going to do. Now, the difference was Eli actually played fairly well. While Joe Flacco at times looked like he wagered on the Niners to win the game, <laughs> the one throw to Kenneth Acker, I have no idea. I still have no idea what he was doing. The, the interception to Will Hoyt was pretty bad too, because 
he just threw it to right where two middle linebackers yeah. were. Thank you very much. The needle. And with the one to Acker, it was like it was like a punt, but they didn't need. It wasn't like a situation where it was like a third and long. So why not just throw, heave it? It just made no sense at all. So, yeah, it's like he got scared or something, just hucked it up there. And or he thought it was the Super Bowl with Ancon Bolden on his team and could just go up <laughs> exactly. and pull the ball down from anybody. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Jacoby Jones back there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, it was weird because it, then you also mentioned the two Steve Smith drops in the end zone. One I think he really should have had. The other mm. one would have been kind of a tough catch. They, they had so many mistakes that they made in that game. So in terms of the 49ers defense, you know, the, the quarterbacks obviously are a work in progress. I think that's why the Sharice Wright signing was just so bad because they expected him to be a starting corner and he didn't even play. Right. I think the safeties are decent, uh, but not all pro level at this point. And I think that coverage-wise, the middle linebackers are struggling a bit. I mean, you're even seeing Aaron Lynch cover more guys now because I don't think they really trust Bowman to do it. And the guy they traded for, Hodges, still wasn't active last week. And I think the defensive line is okay, but there aren't a lot of guys who just wreak havoc. I think Lynch is like the one guy that offensive linemen and offensive line coaches have to worry about maybe double teaming going into each week. Other than that, it's a lot of guys who really are nose guards, you know, who are asked to rush the quarterback. But that was another bad free agent signing that they had. Darnell Dockett, they thought he'd be a situational pass rusher. They also thought they'd have Alden Smith, but really they don't have much of a pass rush, and their cornerbacks are, you know, it's Tremaine Brock and a bunch of young guys. So I think that then you add in all the zone coverages that they're using, I think it's really just because they don't really trust these guys to play man. Right, yeah, a lot of youth, a lot of changeover, and it's not just one spot. It's all those multiple things that are working together. So the pass rush isn't getting to the quarterback, so therefore these young corners are, need to cover longer, and that wouldn't even be yeah. good for really good veteran cornerbacks. So it's really tough, and then – I, I've seen that a few times where Lynch was in coverage. I'm thinking, God, that's the only guy you have that can right. get a quarterback, you know, and rush him. But he's also pretty athletic as well. And it's funny you mentioned the, the nose tackle thing. There was a play the, the week before, I believe, in New York where Tony Jared Eddy was lined up at outside linebacker, and they literally had four nose tackles in the game. And I'm thinking, how are you going <laughs> to pressure anybody with that? And they defense? didn't. <laughs> right, they did not, no. It's true, yeah. That, it, it, there's one thing about Tom Sewell. I remember he was talking to a, a small group of us in the locker room after a game last year that they won. I think it was the Eagles game. might have been the Chiefs game. And he just loves Tony Gerard Eddy because he's super versatile. But when you look at Tony Gerard Eddy, I mean, I think he's a guy that is a good guy to have on a roster. A lot of people thought he was going to get cut. I knew there was no way because Tom Sewell loves him some TJE. <laughs> but you're, you're looking at it, you have Dial, then you have Glenn Dorsey, then you have Ian Williams. And, and all these guys, I think, are, you know, can in a pinch play some 3 4 defensive end. But it's nothing like having just Justin Smith or Ray McDonald in there. I mean, I think they what they really are losing right now too. We haven't mentioned this guy either because he's pretty much fallen off the face of the earth. Is Tank Carradine? You know, they drafted right. Eric Armstead, and I think Armstead's kind of their future. But he's a rookie and he plays uneven. He didn't do anything in, in, against the Ravens. And I think I saw Pro Football Focus that he had like twenty snaps, uh, twenty pass rush snaps, and he had no pressures. And, and Carradine just doesn't even play. So he's a guy who was a number two, he was a second round draft pick. He had a torn ACL, you know, one of the ACL squad members that Balky loved so much. Right. And he hasn't done so anything. Right. I mean, this was his year that he was supposed to come in, especially when you're losing McDonald, Justin Smith, and Alden Smith, and all these guys who, you know, they need, and they didn't keep Darnold and Dockett. So 
Tank was a guy who was supposed to be rushing the passer. He doesn't even play really. Right. That was that was one of the arguments. It was like, well, the, the 49ers lost so much talent and veteran talent, but they had drafted all these guys that are going to be ready to go. You know, Tank Carradine, he was supposed to be a first-round yep. talent, but then fell in the draft because of the bad knee. And then Brandon Thomas, he was supposed to be a first-round talent, fell because mm-hmm. the knee. And neither one of these guys have earned any snaps at all. Right. Like, Carradine was like 270 coming out of the draft. And he had a bad knee, and then you throw 30 pounds on top of that. <laughs> on know, top of I, a bad knee. Good, just, good. Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily his strength, <laughs> and they kind of tried to fit him in the wrong hole. You know, and that's almost just a, kind of a ruined career at this point because I don't see him make – he's more athletic, obviously, than some of the guys that are coming in there on the defensive line, but he's not flashing like Eric Armstead is when he comes into the game. And so that's that's the obvious guy to me that you got to get on the field more. Just from an athletic standpoint, he's making things happen. He's flashing. He's – Making the quarterback move their feet, which which you know you can't really say that about Dorsey and some of the other guys. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of him as the year goes on. I mean, if the 49ers play the way I expect them to this year, I think the, the second half of the year is going to be about okay, who are the young guys who are going to make the the next core, and let's get them as much time as possible, and and then you know, hopefully some of these ACL guys uh, actually end up doing something. But you're right. I mean, look at Brandon Thomas and Tank Carity, and those are the two main guys. Marcus Lattimore was more of a sort of a roll of the dice on on a guy who could be a home run, but ended up having just too bad of a knee injury. Right, right. Never came back. But yeah, I just I, I kind of wonder about that. I mean, I've looked at some of uh, Balky's recent drafts quite a bit on my site, and really, it, he's been really uneven, especially in the first three four rounds. Yeah, it's those early and then, picks. And, mm. and then you have the, and then you have the fifth round punter. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah. We've been focused a lot on the punter on this show. We're gonna we're gonna give him some. We later. do have a segment called Pin- yeah. Pinioned Inside the Twenty because we're oh, trying to man. get excited about the, yeah. our fifth round punter. And, but actually, the fifth round is where Balky's been shining. Quentin Dial, Aaron Lynch. So <laughs> and I thought this was I the next of his fifth round gems. This looks like a whiff, though. Yeah, I I just is there's no way they could have waited until after the draft for that guy. Yeah, I mean, I only guess, kicker taken in the draft. And, well, and yeah. to purposely jettison one of your few yeah. pro bowlers that you have left after you lose so much talent, you're like, well, this guy's great. Let's get rid of him for a fifth rounder for mm-hmm. really no reason. Well, it's a cost cutting move. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, twelve million dollars under the cap. Only three teams have more cap space: the Raiders, the Browns, and uh, the Jaguars. You know, th- three of the well respected <laughs> franchises in the NFL near the top. <laughs> Exactly. So they, they're ruling a lot of cap space to next year, and I guess that's something that, that Balky from Prague Marathi want to do. But, yeah, I, I didn't really understand. I, I guess the one thing that you can say for opinion is that he's he's you know one of the best guys at kickoffs in the league. And sure. They wanted to keep Phil Dawson. He's one of the most accurate field goal kickers. So but his kickoffs were not quite the same last year. He's, I think, 40 years old. But still, I mean, if, you wanna, if you're going to draft a punter, you figure you draft a punter is actually good. I mean, opinion is not good. Right. Hunting so far. I mean, his net average yesterday was like 30 yards. Not great at yeah, all. And, uh, there are reports. I mean, he, he does have a booming leg, so hopefully that's something. He's a rookie. Oh, he shows you know. it on the kickoffs. Right. He, so, he pins it right yeah. in the back of the end zone every time, so you know, daring them to take it out. He's able to improve on those punts going forward. There's at least a little bit of hope there. There's, you know, the, ta- the tools are there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve, real scary moment. Hyde gets, uh, you know, walks off the field very gingerly. Uh, they're saying, what, just a bruised foot or something. Uh, they're not too worried about it. But you, it, it was a really scary moment because not no depth there. At running back Bush, obviously, you know, he can't stay healthy. 
uh, period, just in his career. You got Jared Hayne, you got Davis, a couple of rookies back there. I mean, I, we got a, a message on our Instagram from JJ Lemmer saying, do you think the 49ers should sign Pierre Thomas? I mean, not necessarily Thomas, but it, it, are, are there any running backs out there on the horizon that, that maybe the, the 49ers are going to bring in and take a look at? Or are they expecting Bush back soon? I mean, h- how are they going to solve this problem? Well, Tom Sula today said that he expects Bush to play on Thursday or for two or three snaps, right? That. And then and then exactly. go to the sideline. Well, they yeah. need someone that can yeah. that can run the ball up the middle on third and eleven. Oh, <laughs> not tiptoe their way into the outside <laughs> and lose yards. Yeah, yeah, run, run up the middle on third and eleven. That was a, that was a fun play. That was before. <laughs> I was when Kaepernick was totally buried. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I I think that I I think they expected Mike Davis to be a little better than he is. Usually, running backs you know are expected to rookie ones come in and at least you know show something in the beginning it doesn't mm-hmm. take it's not like a wide receiver where you have to learn tons of routes it's generally the same situation maybe if you you know if you're more of a power back in college and you have to do zone read stuff that's a little bit different but he hasn't really shown much of anything so far mike davis so jared hain is the guy who's actually been the number two and i'm not really sure if they trust jared hain to hold on to the football just based on the couple of fumbles that he's had on punt returns sure. so that's I don't really know what's on the what's on the horizon. I don't know if you know I got Kendall Gaskins. I don't know if he's still out there. He was around during training camp. Right. I mean, I'm not sure if they were really that impressed or they would have kept him. Uh, you mentioned Pierre Thomas, but man, that guy's got a lot of miles. Oh on yeah, him. he's been around for a long time. He's you know I think I had him in a fancy draft in 2008 or something. <laughs> it's he's uh, good back it, then. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I actually heard uh, Ray Ray Rice's name from. Uh, certain KMBR host. Let today. it go. Yeah. Let him and go. That's, that's not Yeah, good. that's uh that, that that would be uh just an amazing media class story. move. Yeah. That would, be, that would be fun to talk about for sure. <laughs> I it, it's really hard because the short week I, I can't see the, see them bringing anybody no, in no. off the street. Gaskins maybe the only guy just because he was with him in camp who could actually play at all yeah. this week. Knows so the playbook, they kind of yeah. have to go with what they got and with, with Mike Davis you see him struggling. I think that you know, right up the middle. That's he's an inside runner. Hyde has been doing a lot of his damage, you know, off the edge, off tackle a little bit, and so I think that's where Hyde or where Hain, you know, if you're going to use somebody else that's got a similar skill set to be able to to move around in space and, and do some things, if Bush is going to be out. Yeah, I kind of want to see Hayne in there. Yeah, he saw nine snaps and didn't touch the ball. I was I was got excited yeah. every time he was in there. I was like, yeah, give him a chance, give him a chance. Nothing. I think that Hain also is a guy who can break tackles, and that, that's why yes. Hyde actually has decent numbers this year because this offensive line is still not that great, and they're not great as a run-blocking unit either ever since the Minnesota game. So Hyde gets a lot of his yards. He gets smacked around in the line of scrimmage and then breaks tackles. I mean, it's no wonder that he's hurt, and I think the 49ers are totally downplaying an injury that's probably more serious. I mean, Tom Sula kind of fumbled around with his answer today and said it was a bruise of some sort. And someone asked if it was plantar fasciitis, and he, he said it was nothing like that. I think that I mean, just the, if, just to fall down on the middle of a play when you get it when you yeah. get a carry, that's not good. Very so that's tight. really good. that's he, the story of this game on Thursday to me is because Marshall, yeah. uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch has been hurt throughout most of the year, and he's still not all the way back to his hamstring. And he's pretty much that's the reason why the Seahawks are two and four. And then you have the then you have the Forty Niners, and pretty much the idea is you stop Carlos Hyde, you stop the Niners. But that wasn't true yesterday. But still, against the Seahawks, you know you have a banged up Hyde, a banged up Marshawn Lynch, and a really bad turf at Levi Stadium. So it could be kind of interesting for these offenses. Yeah, the turf was maybe you <laughs> know monster. one of the runner up MVPs of that game. Oh, they got a game ball to turf. Yeah. yeah, he might have had Sharice <laughs> Rice, Rice and uh, uh, Tucker. Right? 
Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. Well done, grounds crew. <laughs> you have to wonder how that's going to hold up on that short week. You're playing two games in, in five days. Yeah. Ex- exactly. I'm looking to see if there's a Taylor Swift show in between now and then, too, or, or <laughs> hey. some, like, One Direction concert. Because if that happens, then I think that the whole team, you know, probably the Seahawks just might as well forfeit. You know? I mean, the- <laughs> Steve, real quick before we get out of here, let's real quick, let's talk about Seattle. They're coming in. You mentioned it. Exact same record, both 0-1 in division. Real bad passing game for Seattle coming in, 27th in yards per game. Russell Wilson, yeah, still completing a good percentage. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch banged up. Thomas Rawls has looked extremely good. Did the 49ers have a shot? Yeah, definitely have a shot because the Seahawks seem like they're a team this year that can pull losses out of victories pretty, pretty easily. And they should have beat the Panthers. I, they're favored by about five or six points for a reason, though, Seattle is. Mm-hmm. They just have more talent still. The one thing I would really worry about uh, as far as the 49ers is Jimmy Graham had a really big game yesterday, and I don't see who is covering Jimmy Graham on this right. team. I mean, it's going to be Eric Reed and, and Antoine Buffet because the linebackers can't do it. I mean, we know no one loves Navarro Bowman. But he can't cover anymore. And Michael Wilhoyd has always been sort of average at all phases, including coverage. So, right. you know, both those guys are a lot shorter than Jimmy Graham. So that's the big worry here. I think you're just going to see a ton of Jimmy Graham, and they're going to see if Marshawn Lynch can give him a little bit better action than we've gotten so far this year. You mentioned Rawls. That's really going to be the key. I, I think really th- do think it's going to be the defense uh, because I don't think the 49ers are going to score a ton of points against Seattle. And even though they seem like not quite the same defenses in the past, so can the defense keep Seattle off the field? Right, and uh, you, you hit the first one that I have on my notes for this game, which is the middle of the field on defense. Yep. And that's obviously been the 49ers' Achilles heel so far. you got Jimmy Graham, and you got the quick little Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. He's got that magic ability to He's move elusive. and slide. And, and if we only pressure him from one side with Aaron Lynch coming in and crashing on one side and nobody's there on the other to clean it up. I mean, he could have a big day on the ground. We saw <laughs> Eli Manning scramble for a first down against the 49ers. That was one of the most maddening plays of the season so far. I can't imagine what Russell Wilson can do. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at BA Sports Guy. Definitely check out his website if you haven't already. It's BayAreaSportsGuy.com. Steve Berman, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that is some good stuff right there. Hey, real quick, before we get on to anything else, we mentioned it in the interview uh, with Steve. Uh, Bradley pinioned inside the twenty. Let's let's, let's talk about it here because I uh, have I'm ready to jump off the bandwagon. Well, the 49ers are getting slightly better in a lot of phases of the game as yeah. the season goes on, but but he's not one of them. I wrote this. He's going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he doesn't appear to be cutting it. He is he averaged 38 yards on his kicks on Sunday. Not good. Only one inside the twenty. Yeah, he did a have cruci- a really short one. From, uh, he was he, kicking from about the 50 yard line. He had a shank in there. Yeah. He also, in that last drive by the Niners, when they're eating up some clock, he, he booted it into the end zone. Like That's when you need to pinion it inside the 20. Yes. Is then, and he didn't do it. It wasn't even that close. You know, It, it got in there pretty deep. So, uh, not not a good not a good thing. He's averaging forty three point five on the season, good for twenty sixth in the league, thirty nine point two net. That's twenty first in the league. And if you want to just rub a little salt in it, Andy Lee is third in both. So, yeah, that, uh, yeah you saved some money, but you didn't spend it. So, what was the point there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't I mean, answer that. Steve mentioned it. Maybe it's the kickoffs, but is that really worth it? I yeah. mean, ugh. Why not get a good punter to well, quote I'm Bay sure Area Andy sports Lee, guy? I'm sure they, if they talked to him in the offseason, Andy Lee could have yeah. you know, practiced kickoffs for 
yeah. about 20 minutes and been able to do it. For $4 million or whatever How he was making. How hard is it for right? a punter to do kickoffs? It's such a different motion. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought you were- but you were also not only the fullback, but also the punter. No, no. I, I did hold extra points, and we did not miss one all season. Wow. Yeah. I also played middle linebacker and was on kickoff and uh, kick return. So I never left the field. I was an all-around wow. Iron Man. You were like uh, Owen Marisic. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah. From Stanford. I wasn't. No, because I didn't play at Stanford. This was high school. Well, you were but the, yeah, of I was your high school. Of your high school's high school. taxi team. Oh, yeah. There we go. You want to uh, – we Where got we a at? bunch of, of – oh. Listeners, uh, chiming in. We got a new phone number that you yes, can call and, yes. and leave uh, a rant if you want about the 49ers. Maybe you'll make the cut. We got a few already today. We just got the number, opened it up, and, and let's, some people. Well, let me drop that phone number on you 415 That is the number. It's a recorded message that you, you know, we're not going to answer it. So 24 hours a day. Whatever you want, you have something you want to say to us. Yeah, you want to just freestyle or you want to prepare something? Hey, you do it. Shout do you something thing. out? Whatever. Uh, hit us up on that four one five eight five eight zero zero nine four. Give us your take on whatever it is, and uh, the good ones will make the show. Yeah, we got some, right? We do have some. Do you want to start with us? Yeah, let's rock. All right, we're gonna start out with a caller by the name of Big Dog. Can I get a what's up, Big Dog? Gold Maple Pride. My question for you two is with Colin Kaepernick's recent resurgence and playmaking ability over the last two weeks do the Niners a look for a new quarterback in the draft b keep what they have maybe restock that o-line or c burn it all start from scratch <laughs> let me know on the gold faithful podcast baby oh yeah oh a little randy macho man savage there at the end he, he brought the heat on that call that was good uh, well, Thanks, I mean, if Kaepernick dog. keeps this up, obviously, I don't think you go after a first-round quarterback, right? Well, I mean, part of it is it is it works itself out because they're going to win too many games, right? So that's a good you're call. Not going to be drafting in the top five, and 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 I. The other thing is you don't want to draft that the next guy. Mm. You know, you don't want to end up with the Gabbert or end up with the uh, Jake Locker or end up with the, the Ryan uh, Leaf, you know, EJ Manuel, <laughs> right. the guy like, that doesn't succeed. Yeah, exactly. The RG three. I don't want to say Alex Smith, but. <laughs> Just in right. comparison well, to Aaron Rodgers, well, I mean that year that the Aaron Rodgers was the next guy that was the yeah. guy to get that year, so that was sort of a bizarro draft year. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we, we flipped it, we flipped the we script, kind of our, script there. We have Colin Kaepernick, which is he's not going to win games on his own. We've seen that, but he we've seen him taken, win games on his own too, though with his feet for sure. Well, yeah, and we've seen him take good teams deep into the playoffs. Yeah, so he he can do that. And so if you're going to go to a new guy, you better be sure that you're getting the guy. And not just another guy. Yeah, see, I think it's you got to go offensive line. You just got to rebuild. I mean, that's obviously been their weak point. Or you go cornerback. You go young. Or that's where you spend all that extra money that you have that you saved from not re-signing your punter and getting rid of him, trading him, and then going and getting a rookie. Or pass rush. It, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it revolves around the quarterback. Yeah. You're either protecting the quarterback or you're going to get Here's the Here's something. Bulky, just draft better guys. You got to hit. On, you got to hit on those guys. Period. And if you're drafting high, at this point, they're not in the top ten. Yeah. But... Wherever you're drafting, if it's higher, if it's low, you got to start drafting some stars. The new generation of stars need to come from the draft for yeah. this team. Larry Kruger mentioned it last week. You That's know, right. you got you just got to hit on guys. You have to get stars. You can't win in this league without superstars. And, and, and the Niners have proven it again. Great call, Big Dog. Thank you, Big Dog. Do you have some stuff from Twitter? I do have another caller, but it's a Seahawks fan. Oh, let's to wait the till show. the Seahawks. And so once point. we start talking about that, so we'll use that to segue into the Seahawks portion of this. Oh, that's perfect. So, okay. yeah, let me pull up a little uh, – we got a little action on Twitter. Oh, you know, I, I want to bring up our one of our international listeners oh, okay. from yeah. Brazil. Yeah, a do A gentleman it. named Marco Pedroso, uh, who's been a faithful listener to our show. From and, the get-go. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's an OG. 
And I remember seeing, OGF. I remember seeing uh, on our podcast numbers. I was seeing the Brazil. Yeah, and it was like, oh, man, that's where football fans in Brazil, let alone 49er fans, are listening to our show. So that's pretty cool. We still have a lot of those Australian listeners too, but they're falling off a little bit. When Haynes not seeing that, the, that's it's, why I want Haynes to get so many touches. I, I want Australia back in. <laughs> I want some Australian tweets. Yeah, hey, Australian listeners, please don't jump ship just yet. He'll get in there. He's a rookie. Is it because the 49ers? If, I think they're just watching, and he's not. You know, he's getting one or two touches on punts right now. Well, let me say this: if the if you were a so if, let's say you were gonna you you didn't know much about rugby right. and you wanted to watch a rugby match you got really excited about stuff and you saw week two and week three of the Niners mm-hmm. that, that version of rugby you would probably not be that excited about the sport period That's let alone who was playing it right but I feel like most Australian people that watched football for the first time because of Hayne watched week one so they're like okay all yeah. right I get it this is a good football team and and yeah maybe they're expecting more from Hayne and they haven't seen it and so here we are you know seven weeks into the season and you know if they're seeing him just a couple times a game. What's the point in right. continuing to watch and when they don't really like what you know? They're not they're not in love with football like with we the are. Sport yet, right? Yeah, so sure. More Hain, more uh, more wins. Both yeah. of those things I think would help. So did Brazil have a question? Oh, he just he yeah he wanted. Oh, that's to, right. We uh, actually chatted on Twitter. Mangini. That's right. He said, "For the love of God, just tell the D to play more like Fangio did." <laughs> yeah, I think I even mentioned something along the lines of like, "Yeah, I don't, he doesn't have the talent." Yes, you or can, something like well, that. That's it's really easy to play a vanilla scheme if yeah. everyone's really talented. If you if your eleven guys are better than the other eleven guys, right? So you can it, you can win these one on one matchups, each no individual doubt. matchup. So I think Mangini's forced to scheme a little bit, and that's also how he rolls. I mean, that's his. His deal. So, but they have been playing more like Fangio the last couple weeks, and it's looked a little bit better. Yeah, you know, uh, another tweet that we got was from uh, underscore at at underscore mailman underscore, and he was talking about Hayne. He was asking, or I'm sorry, about Hyde. He was asking if Hyde was going to play on Sunday, and and we mentioned, oh yeah, he left practice, you know, this and that, and then he asked the question about if they trusted Hayne as a as a number one running back, and uh, I mean it's it's clear that they don't. They had him in there for nine snaps, never gave him the ball. They brought Davidson for, what, three or four, gave him the ball once, and he looked lost on another. Yeah, they he, missed a handoff on that play. They're really missing Reggie Bush. And, they're, you know, they're obviously really missing uh, – they're not missing Hyde. He's great when he's out there. Oh, they absolutely. just – you know, if, if he can't do it, if this foot injury is real, I think they got to go out and get somebody because Bush can't get stay healthy. They might need to have a talk with Hyde about his running style. Because he looks for contact. Yeah. It's like, man, we need you to stay healthy for 16 weeks. Yeah, I wrote on here, Hyde runs like Madden. Because when I was watching it, he did the, the hurdle. I've seen him stiff arm. He had that amazing spin he move in week spin one. this week. Didn't quite work as well. Yeah, plus f- Pro Football Focus has an elusive stat. Uh-huh. And, and, and Hyde is ranked number one in NFL in, in breaking tackles. He's up there with Chris Ivory. They're both tied for number one. So, I mean, you, you mentioned that he looks for contact, but at the same time, when he finds it, he sheds it a lot. He does. And you don't want to take away what makes a guy really good either. That's so. a great point. Yeah, they just, you know, the backups do scare us right now for sure. Yeah, it could be rough. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Seahawks? Yeah, let's Should go ahead. Why there? don't we get Leroy Green's right, call here on the air? By the way, Leroy Green, do you know the reference there? I, I'm guessing this is what the reference is. I, let me play this for you. When I say who's the master, you say Shona. The Shogun of Harlem. Is that? I knew what that was, and I've seen that movie when I was a kid. The movie was called The Last Dragon. That's right. Leroy Green was the name of the protagonist in that movie. Wow. Antagonist was the Shogun of Harlem. Show enough. 
bad movie, but oh, awesome. I loved it oh, as yeah. a kid. Oh, yeah, so bad it's good kind of thing. One of those guilty pleasures. I movies. think I saw that a bunch. We had it on VHS. I think we watched it over and over. Same here, man. We I haven't seen it in it a long too. time, but if that was on TV when I was flipping channels, I would stop every time. We used to record everything. We, and my parents had HBO, oh, okay. so we would just like leave the, oh, nice. the VCR on, yeah, and just record. And yeah, we, we'd keep one and be like, oh, never touch that one again. Mark it. Do not record <laughs> this over. This is the last drag. Oh, yeah, you, those those tabs, right? Yeah. So if you yep. if you pop the tabs, you couldn't record over the yeah. VHS. Oh, and we, would, we had like little codes for boobs, too. We were like, this one has got boobs on it, like for 48 <laughs> hours or something. So little Nick crawls out of bed at midnight and looks for the boobs tape. Is that, am I, is, is that close? Uh, little Nick? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk Seahawks here. All right, let's let's hear from Leroy Green, aka Randy. Actually, a, a Hawks fan uh, living in the Bay Area here. Uh, Brian Brian's aware of this. I think both fan bases have legitimate gripes, and this, this Thursday they're going to be playing for the the basement trophy of the NFC West. Dan Quinn is being missed a lot more than what people are giving that that credit for. Um, it seemed that last year there was a lot of late games where. The opponent would, would make an adjustment, and they would immediately start to get yards and completions and first downs on the Hawks. But it didn't last that long. It didn't last for more than a couple minutes of playtime before Quinn seemed to kind of get it under wraps and, and contain it again. This year, both Daryl Bevel and Chris Richardson, the defensive coordinator, do not seem to be able to make late-game adjustments. And saw that in, in Cincinnati and then also uh, just this uh, last weekend with Carolina up in Seattle. I actually had a question for you guys, too. Um, I will say that I, I have the worst feeling that the Niners actually win this game. And the reason I say that is because I think their defense is playing more like the old Niners than the Seahawks defense is playing like the old Seahawks. All right. Thanks for the call. First of all, he he got cut off because his message went way too long. So I don't know if any 49ers fans out there have friends that are Seahawks fans. Are they always this long-winded? Tighten it up, everybody. Tighten it up. So, yeah, maybe try to keep those calls to 30 seconds, maybe a minute max. Nice to hear some breakdown, though, of the the Seattle defense And Seahawks fans are worried right now. Yeah, as they should be. Their team's not that good. Two and fours, you don't want to be sitting there. Yeah, they they could have won a few games that they lost. Niners could have won at least one game that they lost. Just one. Just one. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I would be worried too. I'm worried as a Niner fan. This is a, this is to me is a pick'em game. I, if I could take the Niners and the points, I would do it. You know, if I was a betting man. Right, right. Just For like sure. last week, yeah. The Ravens were favored in San Francisco. In San Francisco. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. This Seattle's week. coming off a you know it's a short week for both teams, but they're coming off a, a pretty hard fought game against Carolina, where you know for the 49ers, not as much. I just feel like it was much more physical game between Carolina and Seattle than than Baltimore. Versus yeah, and you get to stay 49ers. home, which is yeah. you know a, a slight sure. added benefit there. And Home cooking, it's delicious. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, I mean, and we're seeing it. We talked about it in the preseason when we did our Know Your Enemy segment on the Seahawks and the Super Bowl hangover. It's a real thing. And it not is. only are you getting coaches and good players poached from your roster, but too many things have to go right for you to be really, really good every year. And we're we're, we're seeing a lot from the Seahawks. It looks a lot like what the 49ers looked like last year. You know, Russell Wilson's been sacked 26 times. That's the most in the NFL. I mean, he's getting hit. A lot. And that's, that's, he's a little guy. He's not, you know, he's not these huge 6'5", you know, prototypical what you want your quarterback to look like. He's, you know, he's more our size, more my size, actually. I've got some height. You're a pretty tall he's guy. A much better built than I am. Yeah, he's same with me. He's, he's got a few more muscles than I do uh, in some places I don't have I do him. have good quarterback height. I wish I could sell that. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much <laughs> money I could get from, say, 
Russell Wilson or Johnny Manziel and be like, hey, you want 6'4"? Yeah, here it Come is. Come see me about you, it. Do you put that on your resume? <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's the first thing. So, Brian Peacock, I'm 6'4". Yeah. That's what, that's the it immediately gets you in the building because they're like, oh, we may need him for those <laughs> intramural basketball games. Right, exactly. You, you got a softball team? Yeah. What do you got? I can help you out. You need stuff that's uh, really high up on the top shelf? I can grab that for you. No, no problem. No problem. No ladders necessary. Yeah, yeah, we don't need the insurance for that. Their offense is bad, too, trying to get us back on course here. Right, right. Thank you. 27th in passing right now, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with the 26 sacks. Like, he's just not having the time. They're not utilizing Jimmy Graham enough, which I'm okay with. Continue to do that, please. They are second in rushing, but that has more to do with Thomas Rawls than it does to do with Marshawn Lynch. He's been banged up all year. Rawls has carried it 59 times, 334 yards. That is a 5.7-yard average. 5.7, yeah, and you saw why they got rid of the other guys that yeah, were behind Kristen Marshall Michael, you, you, yeah. Everyone was like, whoa, that was a weird cut. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Right. They knew what they had in and Rawls. And Turbin, too. Yeah. I mean, and, and you compare the numbers. So, you know, Rawls had four more carries than Lynch, 334 yards. Lynch has 182 yards with four less carries. So that's only a 3.3 average. So he's – it probably has a little bit to do with the injury and probably a lot to do with – no one really knew what Rawls was. You know, he he basically came out, and they're like, "Who's this guy? Oh, we only have some college tape on him, right?" So, and you don't see Lynch in the game, so you're thinking, "Okay, well, we're gonna they're going to pass, yeah, right? We're not going to stack the well." Balls. 169 of those yards of Rawls came against Cincinnati at Cincinnati, and you know they're a pretty good defense, so that yeah. to me is impressive. And a good team, Cincinnati's playing really well right now. Yeah, they better have Rawls on their radar this Thursday for sure. Do you have like what do you think? What do you see in this game? Well, I I, I definitely see a. I mean, if I had to make a prediction, I'm going to predict a win. Just because I feel like the Niners are feeling like you mentioned it. Yeah, it was pretty good against the Giants. Like they they almost had it. That's 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 headed in the right direction. Boom, they come out, they get the win. It wasn't pretty. Their defense gave up a lot of yards, but their offense looked fantastic. And I feel like if they get into a tight battle with Seattle, I, if Carlos Hyde's healthy, I mean it all comes down to that. If Hyde if Hyde leaves this game, the 49ers are gonna lose. If he stays in this game the entire game, I feel like the 49ers are going to win this football game. It's it's going to come down to big plays probably, and I worry about that because the 49ers haven't been able to muster big plays against the Seahawks uh, yeah. you know, in, in the past. They haven't been able to, years. period, until the last couple weeks. Right. I mean, they, but they have to take some shots. They have to. Um, they're, getting, and, they're, they're doing it sooner and sooner, which is what I like in the game, earlier and earlier in the game. Yes, and the other across from Richard Sherman is where they're having problems right now. So that's, that's the place you attack. We said with the 49ers, you're going to attack them in the middle of the field. Right. So that's kind of where it's going to come down to. You know, who's able to make that play? Are the 49ers able to to go across from from Richard Sherman or beat Sherman, beat the LOB? I mean, because they're all back. Cam Chancellor's back now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's always going to be tough to run the ball against them. It's not going to be a one-dimensional situation where they're able to just chuck it like they were against the Ravens. Which Kaepernick success. is going to show up? I mean, that that's the big question, right? I mean, is he going to be worried about Richard Sherman? Is he going to fall back into the the Arizona game or back into, you know? Yeah. I don't expect to see him throw a fade over there. But if he does... They, they, they still throw the fade, though. It's still, the zone, it's, it still happens the in games. The end zone fade is especially. Every time it does, I write down angry words <laughs> in my notepad. I'm just like, why? Why does anyone ever throw the fade? It's just horrible. I don't know. It's Seattle's had a, a pretty tough schedule to start. A couple of road games to start. Then they went two at home. They went on the road. Now they're coming to San Francisco. Then they have to go to Dallas. And then, of course, they get that... Four week at home stretch, which yes. I have, which I've mentioned many times on this show. I so just, they have definitely an, an opportunity to get well. They this do. Season. They do, and their defense is headed in the right direction. Fifth against passing, thirteenth against the rush, eleventh in points allowed. It, it's gonna be. 
it's not. It's gonna be a blowout either way. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be a close game, and it may come down to field goal kicking. And hopefully, you know, the the grounds crew does it right and, and punting. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that hurt last week. That could have really cost us. There's gonna be some yards. punting in this game. There is. There's it's gonna, gonna be a field position type of a game on both around. sides. If and it's... and you got to worry about Hayne returning punts too at this point, right? Well, you know that one was that was you could see that coming. It was a hustle so play. far oh, away. Yeah. And because he's, you know, he, he made some guys miss and he's running. It wasn't like he dropped the ball on, on the on the catch. Yeah, got it punched out from and behind. And you saw a guy come from yeah. behind. He's like, oh, you got to tuck that. I said it. Right that's, as it was happening, I was like, oh, no, here. I mean, yep, that's just to me, that's just, a you know, another phase in, in learning American football. Yeah, I don't know if you, know. you noticed this, though. Uh, on the sideline afterwards, they showed Reggie Bush talking to Hayne. And you could tell he was talking about punt coverage. He was like doing the hand motion of catching a punt. And yeah, so that's good. I mean, Reggie Bush is, you know, he was pretty good at punt returns in his day. And. Uh, so yeah, that's the kind of guy you want to be talking to, Hayne. And, and Hayne was was doing his work, and oh, I just I worry about special teams. That's that's what I think it might come down to this weekend. Yeah, and, can't turn the ball over, if right? You're win a, a game that's really tight like this probably should be. A lot bounced the 49ers' way in that game against the Ravens. I mentioned the two Steve Smith drop touchdowns. One was very tough. One was very catchable. Both were catchable. And, and the 49ers also had three turnovers that could have gone. Alright. I mean, there was the Hain fumble, and then there were two Colin Kaepernick passes that were could have easily been intercepted that weren't, that both led to scores. So to me, it just I feel like a lot went the, the 49ers way, which just has to happen in football. A lot goes the team's way, the ball bounces the right way, and you get the win. And that that's gonna need to happen once again against a they're still a good Seattle team. They're, you know, they, their record doesn't quite dictate that. but A lot of talented players on the roster, right? Yeah. So hopefully you're able to stop the run. The 49ers have done that pretty well this season. They're banged up on the offensive line. If you can get some pressure, uh, make some plays happen on defense, turnovers, mm-hmm. that's that's where, that's where what you have to do. Yeah, so what do you think? Are they going to win? I want to say they're going to win. I'm going to say they're going to lose by three. That's it's a smart choice. So if it's, you're in Vegas, you still might want to put some, num- some money on the Niners. But if you can get that five and a half right, or whatever, the, you take it. That home underdog, man. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by one. It's going to come down late. It's going to be a field goal, Dawson, and I think Cap's going to drive him down the field. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm calling for a, a, a one or two point win with a field goal. Man, I like it. All right. I'm excited. Me too, man. Let, let's get out of here. Dude, they should only have five game, five days between games every week. <laughs> every, just like play it. on like Thursday and then on Wednesday just the next week yeah. and then Monday. And yeah, all right. Like an NBA schedule or something. There we go. Or a hockey schedule. Yeah, that, that would totally work. Or San, have you noticed the San Jose earthquake schedule? We both report on sports yeah. and I, 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 I don't, don't understand, understand it. Yeah. what their schedule is. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I, I'm with you 100 I wonder if that's how a rugby person looks at NFL schedule. Like, what's with these Saturday games and London games and then Monday night and then Thursday? And what the heck? Are you up at 6.30 in the morning for that of course. London game? Of, I Are mean, you? I won't be up, but my daughter wakes up pretty early. Oh, so that's right. you have a she'll wake up. We'll just open up the computer put it on Yahoo. That game doesn't exist to me this week. No? Yeah, I'll read about it. I'll read. About, I'll wait for the newspaper to show up on my doorstep on uh, that one. It's going to be perfect for me, man. It, I die when I wake up that early. I'm like, oh, is it 10 yet? Come on. Also, for you East Coast fans, that's what it's like. Yeah. When you wake up at 930 and watch that game, and you're like, oh, man, this is kind of too early. That's how it is for us every week. Right, and we have 8 to 12 games on that's at, right. at, at 10 a.m. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our guest, Steve Berman, Bay Area sports guy. Follow him on Twitter at BA Sports Guy. Subscribe, rate, review the show on iTunes. Hit us on Twitter, 
Find me at BD Peacock. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink. Yeah. Also, don't forget Instagram. Yes. Gold Faithful Podcast. Follow us there. That's right. Email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. Also, and give we, us a call. Leave us a take. We have so many ways to get a hold of us now. Right, you have call. no excuse not to contact us. What's that phone, phone number again? Phone number is 415-858-0094. We want your rants. That's right. Leave us a rant, maybe some praise for the team. If you have a question for Nick or I, or maybe you just want to say hi. That's okay, too. Give us a call, 415-858-0094. Maybe you can make an appearance on the next episode of Old yeah. Faithful. Bring it. We will talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.